hidden away deep within the forest of Belgium, there lies a heavily guarded castle that is said to be the home of unspeakable horrors. Legends are abundant and strange surrounding this secluded building. It's so forbidden that few locals will even dare to speak of its existence. Satanic rituals of every debaucherous level are said to take place within its stone walls. So join me as we unlock the secrets and tell the untold story of Chateau des Armois, better known as the Mothers of Darkness Castle. First, a message from today's sponsor. This video is sponsored by Chilling, the new home for horror. Chilling is a relatively new app that features expertly narrated horror stories. There are tons of different types of stories to choose from, whether you're into true crime, cryptids, psychological thrillers, and more. Chilling has something for everyone. Chilling currently features 17 different narrators including some popular YouTube narrators, like Mr. Creepypasta, Let's Read, Being Scared, and more. There are over a thousand stories with new releases added multiple times a week. Now check this out. Chilling also has a game-changing feature that will enhance your listening experience to the max. The first of its kind, Ambience Menu. While listening to any story, you can choose and switch the background sound to fit your mood. Maybe you begin a story with the crackling of a classic campfire, but by the end, you find yourself stuck in a thunderstorm. The choice will always be yours, and you can switch between 12 ambience options seamlessly whenever you want without affecting the story you're listening to. It's revolutionary. You need to try it. Try chilling for free with a 3-day free trial to see if you like it. And then if you do, it's only $2.99 a month. Thousands of people have made chilling part of their bedtime routine. Find out why. Click the link in the description to download it now and experience a more intense way to relax. I'd like to give a special thank you to the Chilling app for their sponsorship of this video. The app really is one of a kind and something I think you guys would truly enjoy. So please, support me by supporting the Chilling app today. There is a fine line between speculation, legend, and fact with this case, but I will do my best to relay the information I found, and you can draw your own conclusions. It's been said that the elite who run this world love their seclusion, from the ultra-rich private estates and gated communities, to places that no one outside of their inner circles have ever seen. They are said to practice terrible and perverse rituals in locations such as these, often to honor and worship their ancient gods, keeping what they do far from the prying eyes of the public. This castle is allegedly one of them. Hidden beneath the guise of thick forest along the Belgium and French border lies Chateau des Armois, better known as the Mothers of Darkness Castle. 
Truth seekers and self-proclaimed researchers have dubbed this creepy place as one of the Illuminati's many ritual sites. During my own personal research, I found that finding details proved rather difficult because little information on the site is available through a simple search. To find details on a place such as this, one has to dig deeper, so to speak. There are barely any photos of the castle from the outside, especially closer to modern times, and there barely exist any interior photos whatsoever. The current owners, in true conspiracy fashion, seem to be doing everything they can to keep it this way. Both the BBC and the National Geographic, as well as many smaller outlets, have been denied access to the castle on numerous occasions. The castle's wooded exterior is heavily guarded, monitored with many cameras, and laced with electrical fences, barbed wire, and trip lines. Those who have dared to venture close enough without getting caught have noted that many of the security vices in place are state-of-the-art. The castle was originally built in 1849 by the Count of Masnil, who then sold the property to Theodore Vandernoot, the 8th Marcus of Ash, in 1859. And then, another ten years after that sale, it was sold to Prince Philip, Count of Flanders, who belonged to the notorious Saxe-Cogberg and Gotha bloodline. This is the same bloodline who the current British royal family is descended from, all of whom can be traced back to Vlad the Impaler, the original Dracula. Although the exact purchase date is unknown, the modern owners of the castle are an elite Belgium family known as the Solvays. The Solvays are one of the wealthiest families in Belgium. Among many holdings, they own large pharmaceutical and chemical companies, both of which produce some products that have become household names. This includes the antidepressant drug Prozac and the chemical fluoride. The fluorine products they specialize in are for creating consumables, such as in toothpaste and drinking water. As mentioned earlier in this video, the castle is better known by its English name, the Mothers of Darkness. This name was given to it by researchers who have claimed that a coven of elite witches known as the Mothers of Darkness convene here for a diaspora of rituals. They are claimed to be adept witches who come from extremely old, satanic families, and they convene on certain dates and times to perform macabre rituals that would disgust and terrify anyone who dared to witness them. Although it's easy to demonize these women, we also have to think of how they got here. They are said to be the subjects of satanic ritual abuse from an extremely early age. These rituals often include physical, sexual, and mental abuse, all of which result in a dissociative disorder which allows them to be easily programmable. As they grow older, they too will participate in the ritual abuse of the young, just as they experienced, and the cycle begins anew. The dissociative disorder they typically develop is multiple personality disorder as a result of the abuse fracturing their minds very early. They assume the identities of numerous people, 
each one serving their own function. When they become women and are ready to be fully initiated as witches within the coven, the ritual is said to be performed at Chateau d'Armois. However, this isn't the only reason the castle is cursed. Given its owners and its location, it has also been rumored to be one of the many sites of the Illuminati's rituals. One such ritual is known as Eyes Wide Shut. This sickening ritual typically involves the abuse of children and is videotaped as potential blackmail in case anyone dares speak about it. The corruption of a child is the corruption of innocence, and they do this in order to please their god, Baal. But soon, these alleged rumors would be proven to be reality. Many of these sick details are revealed during the infamous Marc Dutroux scandal that rocked Belgium in 1996. In case you aren't familiar, let me quickly fill you in. Children in the 90s in Belgium were going missing at an alarming rate. And in August of 1996, Belgian police discovered two children who had been abducted and imprisoned in a basement dungeon near Charlot, the second largest town in Belgium's French-speaking region. As the search continued, the police began to connect the dots, and soon tapes and bodies would begin to be discovered. The arrest of Marc Dutroux and the details that would go public shortly after not only shocked the country, but the world. And this almost sparked a revolution. Despite several credible tip-offs, it took the police four years to arrest Dutroux, who had been abducting, murdering, and overall exploiting children for the political elite of Belgium's left-wing socialist government. The populace was not only shocked by the crimes that had taken place, but that Dutroux was being protected by the government that was in power. He received generous government benefits following his initial imprisonment. Investigations into prominent cases believed to be involved were being blocked by higher-ups, and this was all at the expense of the taxpayer. The man was then only given 13 years for his horrific crimes, in which he would only go on to serve three. During this time, he was given monthly checks from the welfare state, loads of free time, guests, and more. He then used these funds to purchase more estates, which he built multiple dungeons in and continued his sickening activities. Multiple scandals similar to this one were uncovered in the years to come, all of which seemed to tie into one another and link to the Walloon socialist government as well. Although despite this, there was no decline in voter support for them. All of these emerging details would lead one Belgian politician to say that big business, blackmail, and lots of money are involved here in a highly sophisticated organization. The entertainment was not just sex. It involved sadism, torture, and murder. The system of blackmail has been and is still in place running to this day all over the Western world. Many of the Dutro scandal files named such activities taking place in castles, and one such 
was named in particular, and that was Chateau des Armois. Belgium's city of Brussels hosts the official council of the European Union, and often hosts some of Europe's power brokers during these council meetings, many of whom would be named in the scandal. Councilmen themselves, lawyers, and high-ranking judges in the government, all of which took place or attended in orgies organized by Detroit's organization. These details surrounding the case would also describe grisly rituals known as hunting parties. During these hunting parties, abducted children were allowed to run away in the forest while massed groups of the elite would hunt them down like animals. This was also called the most dangerous game, a seemingly favorite of the attendees, because it got their adrenaline flowing and allowed them to feel something. This is an audio clip from someone who claims to be a satanic ritual abuse survivor. It was early evening when they played most dangerous game. I was stripped of my clothing. I was allowed to wear tennis shoes and told that I could have a head start and begin running before I would be hunted down. My exposure to it resulted in my believing I had no place to run and no place to hide. There were no limits to what could happen in my existence at that time. It was the most extreme, one of the most extreme situations I think I ever, ever survived. One prosecutor would go on to say that it was like something out of the Middle Ages. Not only all the disturbing details of the crimes, but the mere existence of satanic cults right before our eyes. One such cult that was named in the files is known as Abrasics. Abrasics is a word of Kabbalistic origin. This group is known to worship a demon by the same name that dates back to Egyptian times. The Basilidian sect of Gnostics of the 2nd century claimed Abraxas as their god and believed that Jesus Christ was merely a phantom sent to earth by him. They believed that his name contained great mysteries and that it was composed of the seven Greek letters which formed the number 365, the number of days in the year, and so that under his command he had the other 364 gods at his disposal. He is depicted in ancient amulets as a demon with the head of a king with a serpent forming his feet, saying the ancient curse, abracadabra, while flailing a whip. The connection was discovered in a note to Dutro from an anonymous member calling themselves Anubis. The note informed him that a very special ceremony was coming up and soon instructed him to provide presents for said ceremony. The presents were to be presented to the high priestess of the Abrasics order and even gave details as to what age and gender the presents should be. Later eyewitness testimony would reveal that the Abraxas ceremony consisted of the defilement and murder of those presents within the walls of Chateau des Armois, and afterwards their blood would be collected and placed in small pots, in which quill pens would be dipped in, and then an account would be written 
as to what had taken place, as to hail their god and bring about the ultimate plan. But the plan was never revealed. It would later be revealed through investigative work that heavy corruption, deliberate sabotage of DNA testing, and much more had taken place. The citizens of Belgium who had uncovered the horrifying truth about the situation gathered in protest in multiple cities, with the largest crowd being over 30,000 people. After the removal of several judges, detectives, and high government officials, the Dutro case was re-examined. Initially, the information on the Abraxas cult was not followed up on, but once again, with proper detective work this time, it was uncovered that many of the alleged happenings truly did take place. Along with the castle, rituals also took place in a wooden house that was owned by a man by the name of Bernard Weinstein. Dutro would later admit to murdering Weinstein and placing his body along with numerous children's corpses on the property, which Dutro then purchased at a fire sale rate after he murdered him. It was uncovered that the cult partook in sexual abuse as well as murders there. Anubis would be uncovered as a man named Francis de Schmidt, and the aforementioned high priest would be identified as Dominic Kendermans. Throughout the investigation, it would be uncovered that at least four policemen there in Charlot were also members of the cult. One was even a city treasurer. After this revelation, the headquarters of the Institute of Abraxas was raided in 1996 by 150 officers. Video evidence of the raid showed police taking away bags of papers, videotapes, as well as many strange occult items, including human skulls. After everything was said and done, Mark Dutro was ultimately charged with the murder of 11 children and numerous other crimes. He would then be given multiple life sentences and is still serving those years within solitary confinement. A monster truly was put behind bars. However, most of Dutro's high-profile clients would get off scot-free, and the case files to this day are still classified and unable for full, unredacted viewing by the public. But this hasn't stopped some of the files from being leaked online. In 2009, the infamous whistleblower organization known as WikiLeaks posted several of its documents for public viewing on the internet. The Belgium government, however, moved quickly to scrub these from the web as fast as possible. They claimed it was because certain people were mentioned who hadn't done anything but were mentioned during the investigation and that they didn't want them to come under any unjust scrutiny. But it would lead many of us to speculate that there had to truly be something more. Given its picturesque views, stunning natural features, and the fact that it's a hub of both the EU and NATO, along with the facts exposed, have led many researchers to claim that Brussels is a hub for the elite, otherwise known as the New World Order. High-ranking officials, politicians, bankers and businessmen stop in Belgium and just might take a trip 
to Chateau des Armois, or one of the region's many supposed satanic estates, to seal their deal and participate in one of the many rituals required to make them a success. One such person was a man by the name of Ronald Bernard, who claimed that the world's elite did indeed participate in these rituals because he himself was asked to do so. Bernard became a major player at the highest levels of finance and details not only the world of the elite and what he was asked to do, but just who the elite truly are and just how long this has been going on for. The entire interview is extremely interesting to say the least and I urge you to watch it linked down in the description below once this video is over with. Here are several clips of his now infamous whistleblower interview. The level I played at in those five years, and that didn't happen overnight, you need to earn your place. I am skilled at connecting the dots, information in order to achieve a full picture of all the things involved. World. Since through the financial world you learn all of the actual truth. So you say all, in what regard? Well your clients give you glimpses of how the world really works. In hindsight, I still didn't know everything, but I did know a lot. Because my clients were banks who didn't want blood on their hands. But within those banks there always is a number of people who know damn well what is going on. So, like 1% within a bank knows the truth of the matter regarding the happenings within the world. Which is not surprising, considering they are involved in the flows of money. Those are your clients. You also have governments to deal with, multinationals, you have to deal with secret services, and what they now call terrorist organizations. You get all of the groups that are involved with the big money as clients. Then you start seeing the connections. So, they might be compartmentalized as you just mentioned, regarding knowledge. But because I am in the middle I see how they relate to another. You see the money coming from this place then going to that place, etc. You keep gaining information and thereby, an overview of what is really going on. But now am I do, is about secret services. You think they are there to serve and protect a people, country, etc. But they actually turn out to be the criminal organizations, to be more precise. The system is heavily so. We are talking about financing wars, creating wars, so basically creating a lot of misery in this world. So, lots of conflict. And then I think to myself, if only people knew what the world is really like, secret services will stop at nothing. Nothing. But they also have their flows of money, because if they are trading in drugs or weapons or, for that matter, people. All that money has to go somewhere. Everything has to be financed. You say if, but you could confirm they are doing this? All of them? All of them? So the entire world as we think we know it, is just an illusion we believe in. However, all those horrible things started to eat at me. Can you give an example, because I can sense a lot of terrible things happen to you. 
Yes, it is difficult for me to talk about. I can feel that, but only whatever you wish to share is alright. Yes, I only talk about things I want to tell. But it does evoke lots of emotions and with my conscience not being in the freezer, it touches me deeply. Yes, I feel the same way. All right. Can you tell me the worst thing that has happened that caused the tipping point in your situation? Well, that was the beginning of the end, you get so deep into these circles. And you sign a lifetime contract, not with blood or anything, to never disclose names of companies, organizations or people. I think that is why I am still alive, you have to, to put it carefully, most of these people followed not very mainstream religion. So, you have Catholics, Protestants, all sorts of religions. These people, most of them, were Luciferians. And then you can say, religion is a fairy tale, God doesn't exist, none of that is real. Well, for these people, it is truth and reality. And they served something immaterial, what they called Lucifer. But then at some point, I was invited, which is why I'm telling you all this, to participate in sacrifices. Abroad. That was the breaking point. Children. You were asked to do that? Yes. And I couldn't do that. Unfortunately, the truth is, that worldwide they have been doing this for thousands of years. I once studied theology and even in the Bible you find references to these practices with Israelites. The reason the first ten tribes were banished to Babylonia was because of these rituals with children, including the sacrificing of children, so this is pertinent, all this made me believe, because I realized there was more to life than meets the eye, there is a whole invisible world. It is real. You really Much later, in all those studies and discoveries, I found a document which they are claiming is bullshit of course, the Protocols of Zion. And nowadays I recommend everyone to read the whole of that incredibly boring document, just work through it, read it though. We are also talking about Zionism. Yes, of course. If you read the Protocols of Zion, and really study them and understand, then it is like reading the newspaper of the daily life. How from their position of ultimate power, and ultimate it has literally become. But that is only because the people don't stand up for themselves. They don't realize what reality is. After detailing what he had experienced from beginning, to his crash and rise out of the proverbial ashes. Ronald Bernard thought he was finally free of his former life. He eventually would go on to marry a woman and move to the United States. But his story would unfortunately end here. In August of 2017, 
Bernard, who had been living in Florida with his wife, went missing after he went on a walk on a nature trail shortly after 1 p.m. near his home. He called 911 around 3.46 p.m., seeming distressed and stating that he was lost. Although many attribute this to possible dementia, Bernard had no medical history of this condition and had showed no prior signs. Between his initial phone call and 6.13 p.m., he phoned the authorities several more times and told them that he was being followed and that his life was in danger. Through pinging his cell phone, authorities sent several search units, canines, and a helicopter to the area. Bernard was then found floating face down at approximately 8.24 p.m. in a shallow stream of water. His cause of death has yet to be revealed. It has long since been speculated that the world's aristocracy worships an unseen force. One of complete darkness that will do anything and everything to destroy what it perceives as a threat. Many of these high-ranking officials are seemingly above the law. At the 1988 Republican National Convention, as loyalists waved their flags and cheered the man who accepted their party's nomination for president and would later win. And my friend, President Ronald Reagan. your nomination for president. From the cities to the suburbs to the loneliest town on the quietest street, to take our message of hope and growth for every American, to every American. I will keep America moving forward, always forward, for a better America, for an endless, enduring dream and a thousand points of light. He would later go on to reference a thousand points of light again during his presidential inauguration speech. I've spoken of a thousand points of light he then would continue to make numerous references to the New World Order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Most Americans have no clue what this phrase meant, but researchers have since decoded it. Inside the Mothers of Darkness castle, there's a special ceremony room reserved for the highest levels of the elite's rituals. It is a spectacular room with a domed ceiling which contains a thousand points of light. Among these researchers were many former high-ranking Satanists themselves. 
One such person is a man by the name of Stephen Dollins, and this is what he had to say in regards to the reference made by the former president. But nobody bothered to question that. And he said that at least four to six times. I talked to a lady uh, just recently in Baltimore. She came up right after the meeting in Baltimore and she came up and she said, everything that you said tonight, I can verify. She said, because I was George Bush's campaign manager. And she proved it. She pulled out the campaign uh, manager badge that she had when she was campaign manager when he was going into to for for presidential election and she said I was there the night that he made that address and she says now I understand what that meant because she said I looked at George and I said after he stepped off the platform I said George I want to be I, I don't know about that new world order thing she said but I want to be a part of that thousand points of light and she said he grabbed her by the shoulder looked her sternly in the face and said, I have no control over that. Did H.W. Bush and many former presidents visit a place such as Chateau d'Armois to help achieve their status? Testimonies such as these certainly make us think that they did. People over the years who have managed to get close to the castle have spotted numerous spy devices, booby traps, and trip wires. One such man, who apparently saw that the gate was open, and was visiting the area with his girlfriend and another friend, had sent his girlfriend up to knock on the door in an attempt to provoke an interaction. The gate then closed, with her still inside. After an hour of fruitlessly trying to contact those within the walls, the young man went to the Belgium authorities, who after reaching out to the occupants of the castle, said that they had claimed they had never seen or heard from the couple before. That woman was never seen or heard from again. Some other rumors that are worth mentioning are that there's a series of tunnels that connect Mothers of Darkness to other locations throughout Belgium for the transport of people for multiple purposes. Although no one has come forward with proof of this in particular or has lived to be able to do so. History provides us with a terrifying glimpse into the past from psychopaths such as Vlad the Impaler to the Rothschilds and many more. We have numerous examples of the elites manipulating people for their own nefarious reasons and worshipping an unseen sinister force. Is there truly a malevolent darkness that runs this world and seeks to destroy all light within it? Is there truly such a thing as the Illuminati? These questions and more are all up to your interpretation. But one thing is for certain. There is a darkness that surrounds Chateau d'Armois, as well as numerous mysteries as thick as the fog that surrounds the forest it dwells in. What do you think? Leave me your thoughts in the comments down below, and I'll do my best to answer them. Make sure to like this video and subscribe with notifications on if you haven't already. It really helps me out when you do all of these things. I also wanted to again thank the Chilling app for sponsoring today's video. Give them a try. I know you won't be disappointed. Another special thank you to Pale Official Music and Garden of Midnight Music for all tracks that were used. 
You can check both of them out here, and I've also linked them down below. And finally, I want to thank our YouTube members and all of you for supporting this channel over the years. It truly means the world to me, and I can't mention that enough. If you'd like to support me directly, consider checking out our YouTube membership program, donation links, or Patreon all linked down below. And until next time, this has been Cody here at Mystery Archives. Stay safe out there, and take care.